Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches vacation.com. Recording again on a Thursday night for us, a Friday afternoon for Tom Lee. This is the official fourth episode of Dynasty Points Market Report. Last week's episode got recorded. Audio issues, completely unsavable. So I apologize for that. We are going to get an episode about roster cloggers out. I promise. But we are here today. And today I am excited to have. Tom Lee back with us after not being available last week. Uh, Our own uh, Andy is here, Mr. Buckley himself. So I'm excited for this program. It's going to be a lot of fun. I want to point out that the Tuesday night Dynasty Points is back next week. Myself, Jacob, and Lucas going to be talking about how to value sophomore and third-year players to this year's rookie picks. But... As I mentioned, tonight is here. The market report. And on this day, in 1893, the very first Iron Bowl was played. And Auburn beat Alabama 32-22 in Birmingham. Damn. Well, I am the aforementioned Tom Lee. You can find me on X at Tom underscore Lee 92. Uh, my fun fact for the day is uh, another Australian law. We're starting to get through them. We're starting to run out of weird, wacky Australian laws. Did you know that it is not legal for miners to purchase cigarettes, but it is legal for them to smoke them in Australia? Uh, so assisted suicide in Australia is completely legal. We're in- ahead of our time. <laughs> this is exactly it. <laughs> Wild. And I am Andy Buckler. You can find me on Twitter at Andy underscore Buckler. And did you know that Evan Ingram has the most catches in NFL history with 114 without eclipsing 1,000 yards? <laughs> Damn. Brilliant. I've very Larry centers of him, if you ask me. <laughs> very Larry centers of him. I'm excited for this program, but before we get into the real important stuff, it is the off season. I know I always say we are not a news show. But it is kind of somewhat important to keep track of the happenings in and around the league. So instead of doing what 672,421 other podcasts do and and articles, we're not going to hit on everything. What we are going to do is bring back, do we give a shit? So let's ask ourselves, is there a piece of news from this last week that we care enough to even somewhat break down on this week's podcast, I'll start with Tom Lee. Is there news out there? Well, it's good to know that the young players in the league are not all criminals just yet. Uh, I liked that mm. Zay Flowers hopefully wasn't guilty of anything. Uh, that was important. Mm. From a, I mean, it's a tough part of the offseason, right? Like we're sort of hearing more and more hype about rookies and the draft mm. upcoming. But really, aside from that, there's not a hell of a lot for me that I care about this week. Andy? Do we care about the most annoying part of the offseason, which is 
this player has unfollowed this team or this player on Instagram. <laughs> Do we care about that? Yeah, man, I, I can't, I can't get into that. It's the same thing I talk about every off season where I don't care about coach speak until I see it. Yeah. Like I'm not going to take what a coach says and adjust my ranks till I see a reason not to, because coaches, well, they lie. So there is, there's even a Twitter account that is, it's just coach speak. Coach speak. And he, <laughs> yeah. And he just goes through and calculates the truth, truthfulness <laughs> of the coach speak from Great a press account. conference. And it goes through their history of lying. Like it's truly a phenomenal account. So I, I don't care about the following and unfollowing. Like AJ Brown does it all. Like it's just, yeah. I mean, that, that CD, yeah, that CD Carter tweet is is evergreen for a reason. Like there's always stuff like that that happens. I don't care about that. I will say that there are two things that I care about. Uh, one is Geno Smith restructuring. It looks like that he is bound to stay. Seattle can trade him, mm. but. Uh, it looks like they're rolling with Gino. I like Gino. He has top 12 upside, and we're going to talk about Gino a little later. Also, it kind of looks like that they're saving cap room to hopefully keep Tyler Lockett, which I think will be important, and it's really going to affect JSN. But I really care the most about – we're in peak QBs moving up draft boards season with the combine being next week. This is really going to peak. Uh we could see four to five quarterbacks going in the first round at this point. I think we are very likely to see, we obviously know Caleb's going, Daniels is going and may is going to go. So now we're getting JJ McCarthy. I mm. uh, speak moving right up board. I mean, our own Brett Whitefield thinks he's the number one quarterback in the class uh, from a just football standpoint. He's yeah. not talking fantasy um, for what, NFL teams truly end up looking for. And then, of course, uh, Michael Penix as well is looking like he's potentially a top 15 pick as well. So we're going to see five quarters. I don't think that's going to happen. Like if we did an over-under, like if I gave you guys uh, the over-unders four and a half quarterbacks going in the first round, what are you taking? Under. 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 You're going under? I'll actually take the over this year because yeah. quarterbacks sucks we, right now. We do this every year, though. Like we did it a couple years ago with Matt Corral and all them. We do it. We do this every year. That was year a terrible draft class. Though. This is a those, not terrible draft class. And one of those QBs fall every year. Like if two years ago, if we said Matt Jones is going to be fifteenth, like no one would believe it, and then he went fifteenth. Mm. So I don't know. We could believe it. Like I doubt it. I would be incredibly shocked if Michael Penix is a first round pick. If if it was I would say Bo Nix is way more likely to be a first round pick than Michael Penix. I'd be very shocked that Michael Penix is a top fifty pick, let alone a first round pick. So I don't think so, but we'll see. Okay. Okay. I'll we'll take see. the over you two are taking the under. I just think it's important. But you will see this reflected in your in your startup drafts. Massively. So I th- I think it's interesting to keep track of, but like Andy said, we do do this every year. I just think with this year, there's a little bit more stickiness to it, given how desperate NFL teams are for quarterbacks. This year, like it's always desperation, but this year feels really desperate. Like there are some teams that have quote-unquote starters that you could easily see moving up. I mean, just off the top of my head, uh, the Raiders, (laughs) even though uh, Mr. Pierce was hyping up his boy Aiden O'Connell because he had five QB wins uh, when he took over. I mean, the Saints need to prep for post-car. 
Uh, the Steelers should be jumping at the opportunity to take any rookie quarterback in this year's draft. Um, so I, I just think there's a little bit more stickiness to it this year than than other years, like Andy had mentioned. But I'm definitely watching and I'm paying attention. If I'll say I'll say how this affects the dynasty landscape, the later first round picks are going to be quarterbacks. Yeah. If that many go in the first round, people gonna take that shot. It, yeah, it's gonna push like the the Franklins and the Worthies kind of out of that first round, in my opinion. And it's gonna put them in the back end because we knew Kenny Pickett was bad, but Kenny Pickett was still going in the first round of Superflex rookie drafts per his ADP. Regardless of what we knew was gonna happen, those quarterbacks always tend to get the shot taken. So, yeah. But other than that. Not a whole lot of news that is really worth discussing. Well, it's probably worth discussing, but there are other shows that really hem that in and do the things. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into the good stuff. Sit tight. Five seconds. So every week, we like to take a look at the lighter side of the dynasty landscape. And I always love passing this to Tom Lee. What do we have dialed up for the people this week? So this week we're calling it battered sav and minimum chips. So you go to local fish and chip shop, battered sav, battered sausage, minimum chips, a little light snack in the afternoon, fish and chip shop. So heading into every off season in the fantasy landscape, there's always a few middling or ambiguous assets that are crucial to a lot of teams that already exist, but we don't really know what to do with them. Do we acquire them? If we're in a startup, are they good value or are they not? This is a lighter look. We're not going to dive into the statistics of it all, um, but we've got a few uh, at the moment. We've got the ADPs for a few players that we're going to sort of walk through and see what each other's opinions are and whether or not we think they're good value or possibly trade targets this offseason. Yeah, and it's important because there are, like you said, there's so many of these assets, especially if you're using startup value as like an anchoring point, but keeping in mind that startup value and post-league value is... They're completely different animals. They're completely different things. So let's, how do you want to start this off? Tom Lee, you lead the way, start this off. Where, talk, where do you want to begin? You talked about a man who restructured his contract. What the hell are you doing at Geno Smith this off season? Right. And I want to kick this off because I'm buying, I'm wholeheartedly <laughs> buying yep. because Geno Smith, not just passes the eye test. He has fantasy upside. He's proven that uh, last year. He, quite frankly, balled out. So we like that. And he's QB 25 right now. He's going off the board at QB 25. Yeah. According, uh, according to dynasty data lab.com shout out a Daiko for once again, putting out an unreal ADP tool, saving us all from the perils of, uh, less optimal ADP. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Less optimal ADP sources. Truly amazing. But we're talking about a guy Who's going after Daniel Jones? He is going after Will Levis. He's going after Matthew Stafford. Stafford, at least, I kind of understand. Yep. But uh, two picks after Aaron Rodgers. He's going a pick before Jamison Williams and after Deontay Johnson in the 204. I mean, you're talking about a starting quarterback in a super flex draft who is going in the seven, eighth round last year is all of a sudden getting dunked all the way down to the 10th. This is a buy. Yeah. This is a buy, buy, buy. I mean, any starting me. piece in the 10th isn't. 
Right. Like when you pull up when you pull up trades, right, in a 14 team Superflex league that starts 9 on the 22nd. So today this this trade got done. Now in a 14 team league, quarterbacks become even more important. Geno Smith and Aaron Jones were traded for three 24 third round picks. <laughs> That's absolutely blasphemous. Yeah. Kyler Murray was traded for Geno Smith and two firsts. That's a trade that even I would consider making. Geno Smith traded for two 24 seconds. It's kind of crazy to me to see that they're just, oh, Geno Smith straight up for a 24 third in a, in a start 10 super flex league. It's, it's truly insane how he's getting valued right now. In my opinion, people are assuming he's it, done like this. This, yeah, is, just, this is the Bacon Mayfield treatment from last off season. It's start, starting straight up. Uh, Christian Watson, uh, straight up 24 second, 25 second. Uh, He's definitely acquirable right now, yeah. and you should be immediately going and and checking around to see if he's available. And you're right. Every year we want to target one guy. We said it on the walkabout constantly. There's always somebody in the quarterback position that goes late. It was Baker Mayfield last year. It's been, it's Kirk been Matthew Cousins. Stafford, yeah. Kirk Cousins. It's been Matthew Stafford for a couple of years. There's always somebody in that 8 to 10 range that's going to end up just being an absolute smash. And I mean, aside from that, Jake Brown and going at QB 38, you know, he's kind of worth a spot right now. Yep. Uh, he, he, he produced when he was out there, but Q Bryce young at QB 18. Nah, give me a trade down for Geno Smith at QB 25. Yeah. Give me that trade down for that. So I'm interested to hear what Andy has to say here, but I'm all about this pricing on Geno Smith. I'm with you. Yeah, Gino. Gino's a buy. Um, he's a buy in in startups and just in regular leagues. He's a perfect like hero QB guy in a startup. If you take a first or second round quarterback and you don't touch quarterback again, he's the perfect guy for that. Him and like Derek Carr are my two favorites. So I think I think he's a definite buy, and you could get him straight up for a second pretty easily, especially now because he doesn't really matter to people right now. He's just yeah. Gino Smith. He's you're not scoring points, you're not playing any games. He's way more attainable than he would be like in week five. That's so if you want to buy him now, I mean, 16 fantasy points per game out of a QB in the in the tenth round is kind of nutty. And he look, a lot of statements have been made about the OC in Seattle last year and how they want to handle it. Now I understand that the new defensive coach said, we really want to establish the run. Well, no shit. <laughs> uh, you, you, you have to know that that kind of statement is coming. I mean, that's every him. team, right? We'd love to establish the run. Yeah, yeah that's and, – and they can do it. They do have the weapons to do it. But he was producing more fantasy points per game than, than Joe Burrow. Like, that's, that matters to me. Now, he is on the lower tier. Yeah. If you if you go through and look at the fantasy points per game, he is kind of on the lower tier spectrum of that. But he's good enough and does run a little bit. Like he runs just a little bit that it it provides that kind of threat. He throws the ball deep, he chucks it. He's got good weapons. Yeah, he scrambled 20 times for 157 yards and a touchdown. They do have run a few design runs. 
I think there's an opportunity for him to throw the ball more than 499 times. Yeah. He's accurate. I mean, he's just a solid option for your QB2 slot. Yeah, serviceable without being crazy impactful, I would say. And at QB25, mm-hmm. that's, that's what you're looking for. for yeah, sure. truly insane that he's QB25 right now. So I want to tie it into the next player we have here, and that's Tua going at QB15. Yeah. that's We're talking about the 309 in a startup draft right now or waiting seven more rounds for Gino. To, for Gino. Tua had 17 fantasy points per game last year. Yeah. In that offense. Gino had 16. The fantasy points per drop back, Tua, which fantasy points per drop back is one of the most go-to definitive statistics. I mean, you can go and check Ryan Heath out on Twitter. He goes through what the most, uh, um, oh my God, what the best statistics are for the next season. Yeah. The, the stickiest. Jeez, I can't believe it took that long to get that <laughs> out. The stickiest statistics. And fantasy points per drop back, as we've been talking about on the show, is one of the big ones. Tua, 0.48. Geno Smith, uh, 0.44 in fantasy points per drop back. The fantasy points per game. So we're talking about a guy who may not have that upper tier elite ceiling of Tyreek Hill and Waddle having four touchdowns in a game. Yeah. Well, like, like we do with Tua, but to a week-to-week stance, Geno Smith on paper, just on the surface, appears to have similar upsides. So I'm interested to hear what you guys want to do with Tua. I feel like I shouldn't be allowed to talk about him too much because I just shit on Tua too much. <laughs> and it's starting to feel like, like I really have a strong bias, but I'd like to get some other opinions. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of tour across leagues and it was more a happenstance because he dropped a little bit in the draft and he was injured in the approach to the draft in general. But he's a guy who's stuck. I don't see him ever being a top 12 quarterback because he's a product of the assets around him and they don't want to pass the ball every game. They don't want to fall behind uh, the sticks. So he is going to be a very consistent product. But at 309, I mean, you can't really trade back and get a lot of value in a startup from that pick. If you have him in an existing fantasy league, fantastic. You're probably not going to trade him because I don't see upside in, in his value outside of your team. But I'm not sure about acquiring him either because I think people are going to be resistant. They're going to be more likely to give up a Geno, a Stafford, a Rogers, And I'd rather pay a lot less and go get those guys for comparable value than pay a premium for a guy who's probably going to produce very similarly, even with that upside. Yeah, I would sell too. I think he's like a dead zone quarterback. He's right in the middle of the dead zone quarterbacks. You look at where he goes uh, in the startups, just the five next five players behind him are Jonathan Taylor. I would take that. The 105, Jalen Waddle, I would take him. Kyron Williams, I wouldn't draft him. ETN, I wouldn't draft him. Ayuk, I would take him. And McBride, McBride and HN, I would take all those players straight up over Tua. For a couple of reasons. One, like I agree with you guys. I think Tua is replaceable with his production. And I really just worry about Tua as an actual NFL quarterback, as an asset. I think Mike McDaniels, I think he wants to I think he wants another quarterback. And they don't he's like a Jared Goff situation with McVay, that they're flirting around and whenever that happens, they're gonna take the shot at it. And they've already kind of tried. We we know they wanted to Sean Watson. We know they were in on other quarterbacks. We know that's true. They tried to hide it, but we, it's it's been proven. So they'll probably give him his money, but I worry that Tua is going to fade out in a couple years. And that might be a terrible take, but he's just not a player I want to get. And he doesn't run. He doesn't do anything. So once his weapons age out or get traded, you know, Tyreek Hill's 30 and has already talked about only having a couple years left. And Jalen Waddell probably going to want a new team pretty soon when he's about to come up on his contract and is – I would assume isn't happy with his targets. So there's a chance he's asked out. He's the next AJ Brown where he gets traded in an off season or two. So I worry about Tua because he's just super, super weapon dependent. I don't think he's a great 
individual talent. Yeah, I think he just fits into that that pocket of quarterbacks that are probably destined for Kirk Cousins at best, which I know if you love Kirk Cousins and you've been all about him, Kirk Cousins hasn't been an upper-tier fantasy pick in a long time. Yeah. Again, anytime we talk about these pylon quarterbacks, I think situation and scheme have to be factored in a little bit more than these players with, with base floors. And when you can't do that, it becomes a, a serious issue. You'd rather just take the skill player. Right. And that's man, like, don't get me wrong. There there is there is a point where I don't want to take the skill position, if yeah. that makes sense. Uh but the third round, I mean, it's it's tough to get there. You so... wouldn't take almost all these wide receivers over him though? Waddle, Ayuk, Nico, Smitty, <laughs> DJ Moore, Pittman, Achan is a running back in there. McBride's in there. I don't think I would take Devonta Smith. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., I don't know if I would. DJ Moore, I would for sure. Waddle, I would. McBride's uh, there. I don't know if I would take Taylor. I would take the 105 may- maybe... I would take Ayuk. I would take McBride. So there, there are some players that I would take there, but um, I, it's really hard I would too, just across the board do it. A lot of people in the startup get themselves stuck in this position where they're taking skill player, skill player, and then they're looking at a tour at this point. And there is nothing really after this. Like you're taking shots. If you look down, we're taking shots at a, a Jared Goff, a Deshaun Watson, a Bryce Young. Just Ooh, you know, like he's the last guy who seems, other than dropping right down to the older guys, of some value because of the youth. So I understand that, how people get themselves the in this spot, but that's the thing. I think he has like a fake value. He looks yeah. safe. Like he, he's mm-hmm. comfortable to people to take because he's young on a hot offense. He seems like he has upside. Cause I mean, he's still kind of new to us. So I think, I think he definitely, I can see why people click him in the third round. Cause he feels super safe, but he isn't. He's, he's a Twitter. He's a Twitter favorite. Like yeah. that's definitely part of it. Anytime you mention Tua. On Twitter, especially if it's Tua and Herbert, which I think is super oh, funny. Oh, that's the worst. If you ever want to boost your your click rate and your mentions on the amateur porn site known as X.com, <laughs> just mention Tua and Herbert together and watch the two fan bases duke it out. It Like, all in your comments. It's great clickbait. But I'm going to talk about Ryan Heath once again because as I, as I read through more and more of his work, that's at QB... L Ryan on X.com. His, his work is just truly phenomenal. It really is the upper tier. But he said, and I'm going to quote his tweet here, passing efficiency has been dropping league-wide. It just hit its lowest mark since 2008. The proliferation of too high coverage is likely a contributor. He was quote-tweeting Denny Carter. Shout out CD Carter. As Denny notes, not even Mahomes is immune. It is a great time to invest in QBs who score fantasy points on the ground. Yeah, the yards per attempt in 2023 were 6.50. The yards per completion was 4.20. That is horrendous. Which leads me to the next player. Actually, it segues quite perfectly. Talking about establishing a floor on the ground, it's Justin Fields. So let's talk about... Justin Fields, the future not quarterback of the Chicago Bears. And what this really comes down to, because we're talking about, again, a third-round player. He is going three spots, four spots ahead of the aforementioned Tua and right before Tyree Kill and right after Dak and Brock Purdy. 
So let's talk about Justin Fields. I have spoken at great length about what I feel about Justin Fields as a quarterback. But one thing you cannot deny is Justin Fields as a fantasy asset. So with the likelihood of him not being in in Chicago, look, you can at me, you can get mad at me, you can do whatever you want. As of right now, the betting odds are not in favor of Justin Fields being in Chicago. So Fields gets moved. How comfortable are we? in his value sitting where it's sitting <sighs> pretty comfortable <laughs> um i mean okay. like of the two guys we've talked about of the two last guys we talked about two are in fields like if fields goes somewhere and gets a three-year deal at qb 14 mm-hmm. i'll take a shot like you know <laughs> that is a, a player who could be a difference maker um if we're looking at drafts i mean like anthony richardson we saw what three four games from him and he's a, an end of the first round pick a guy who, you know, at late 2022, when healthy, was worth three firsts in active leagues in fields. I don't think we need much security long-term-wise to be able to, to take the value there. Comparably, I mean, the picks before him, Purdy and, and Prescott, yes, they have some ceiling on their day, but they're also really low-floor guys, and it can go very wrong. Like for fields, for me there, if you've already got one quarterback, you don't have a quarterback, I'm pretty happy with that value. Yeah, I think it's a good value. I don't want to click it, though. I want to buy fields. I think you can buy fields in regular leagues for a lot cheaper right now before the... I think there's still a lot of you know people nervous with fields for the most part. You see a lot of... I mean, a lot of people think fields is really bad. I know he has, I know he has a hive on Twitter, but outside of the Twitter sphere, I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't believing believing in fields i like i like fields but i would rather just take the 104 and olave and they're after him so i don't want to click that button and pick him there because like i said i just think that's a dead zone quarterback okay once i passed like kyler i don't want to pick any of those quarterbacks and i want to just i'm just gonna punt i don't want to pick them especially if i already have a quarterback and then take start two or three you know what first and third round so i think fields is a buy but i wouldn't draft him in the startup where he's at in front of those players okay so let me ask you then because looking at trades for fields right now we got fields and richardson straight up richardson richardson okay because he at, he at least is like he's safer right he's not safe he's safer in the fact that he's locked into his rookie contract and he's starting for the Colts for the next two years no matter what he was just the fourth <laughs> pick yeah and he's he lost his rookie year on on um you know on injury he's locked into the colts for the next two years at the very mm-hmm. minimum fields basically is going to get traded this year we know it he's going to get a tryout season and then it's and then it's money time if he fails his tryout i just i just bought a brick in the third round and i don't think yeah. so i like i like justin fields like don't come at me I, I think i like justin fields but i think it's a scary pick okay so let's let's talk about two more then two more then i'm interested so justin fields or jameson williams in a 24 second fields fields this trade happened on the 21st by the way this isn't something from four months ago <laughs> yeah. which is insane but this I one though you have justin fields in a 24 second or puka nakua fields in the two interesting i'm the other way give me puka yeah i think even give me puka just for the resale value i think i can get more um and that's nothing against puka i think it's just he is he's hot <laughs> He's I just right don't now. understand. <laughs> I don't understand why we would want Puka in that situation. I mean, Puka is everything we wanted Garrett Wilson to be in in his first year. I yeah. mean, it's it's pretty insane. And it is always hard to compare quarterbacks with these skill position players because the context of yeah, where they can, sit is important. But but, um, but you can put Puka Nakua yeah. in your you can put Puka Nakua in your super flex spot and be like, okay, I'm good. 
Uh, so yeah. it's like it's you, you can't, I don't know. I'd love to see the team where you're putting Puka Nakura in your super flex. <laughs> right, but I'm just in the situation. Yeah, I agree. To the I think yeah, I think I agree. Actually, I want to change my answer. I could oh, trade. Converted. I, I could. I could. I kind of just. I don't know. I expected it to be Justin Fields, so I just said it really fast and realized. Not these guys coming down. They're Fields fans. Yeah, let's take it. <laughs> I just wanted to pick Justin Fields, but I think you're right. You could trade Puka for two firsts in the league. You yeah. can't get two firsts for Fields, at least right and now. And that's not to say right. they can't change, but yeah, I think that's the process at the moment. No, I think that's a really good point. Let's talk about a running back I was really high on. We just did. Didn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Easy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Easy. Jesus Christ. Let's get Tony Pollard 300 passing attempts and see how it goes. <laughs> Uh, geez, you heard it here first. Andy Buckler, Justin Fields should play running back. Right. You heard it here first. No. But, okay, Tony Pollard, RB19 in the ninth round the right now. <laughs> right. Obviously, the injury played into it, like, quite a bit. Yeah. But <laughs> he was a little bit more effective in the second half, but Dallas decided we're going to be a top three passing team. Yeah. In the league, he's now a free agent. A lot of uh, uh, ambiguous uh, mist, a fog, if you would, around him. Where are we comfortable drafting Tony Pollard? Are you buying in? He'll get the opportunity to at least be a 1A, 1B type guy. I mean, the ninth round is a pretty good deal for running back. He is going just after Najee and just before Kamara around players like uh, pieces like the 202, David Montgomery, uh, before Keenan Allen and Calvin Ridley. So where are we? Are we in, out? How do we feel? And let's just for fun ask if there is a spot he goes that really hypes him up for you again. He's, he's turning 27. I mean, this is this is getting scary. I mean, even in the ninth, it's fantastic value. It's probably what draws him back in. Running back 20, running back 19. The name's around. Yes, I, you know, I'd probably look at the upside. I, I acquired him. This offseason, super excited like you were. And oh, <laughs> that whole offense, I mean, every single piece you own, aside from CeeDee Lamb, you're hoping it goes your way, but it can't. It just seems like it can't all come together on one round. But this, you look at this zone, you mentioned the guys coming after. You go ahead of him, you know, 201, Cup, Evans, Ferguson, Levis, Engram, uh, Swift, McLaurin, Goblin, Komet, Amari Cooper. I could see him over all these guys or I could see him behind all these guys. Like there's a reason he's sort of stuck Mm. in this weird ass spot. Is there a spot he can go to? I don't know. Two rounds earlier, you're looking at Javante Williams at 712, Tajay Spears. Like, can I just hold on? Can I just stop drafting Javante Williams this high? This is my point. Yeah. (laughs) Stop it. It's over. Carry on. But yeah, like these, this, these are the guys. Like you're not taking. Well, I mean, the smart coaches aren't looking to take these guys at that spot. Devontae Adams is going the same round. That's ridiculous. Like that's where your value tier is. So back at the ninth, I mean, you could easily punt on a lot of these early running backs that are getting forced up the board because we're not sure about wide receiver. Once the QBs hit that weird spot, we're not sure about them. Pollard in the ninth. I mean, I'd probably take the punt at that. So let's talk about it being a zero RB build. For him not to be signed, and this is where even in the league that we are about to be embarking on in the listener versus creator league for Fantasy Point, shout out to all you guys. Uh, don't steal all our shit in this draft. Yeah, um, <laughs> just know that we're deliberately leading you astray. Yeah, Tony Pollard sucks. Please don't, yeah, please don't take <laughs> our guys. But there, 
he was in a spot last year where you could pivot down and feel really comfortable. So, Andy, you are the most zero RB out of the two of us, as Samaj P. Ryan was your championship roster RB2. Tony Pollard going where he's going, is there like a sufficient trade down scenario to keep punting? Or are you okay clicking him there because there's an opportunity for him to, to either gain value or produce higher than his 13, what was he, 13 points per game last year? I think you could keep punting. I think his price is solid where he's at. I still just really worry about him, man. He's about to be a second contract running back. He just got his one chance to kind of really show us that what he did in that role with Zeke was like sustainable. I understand he had the injury. I get Mm -hmm. it. And then he graded out really well after that Panther game when he said he was back to full health. He graded as the number one PFF running back. But if you look at his actual stats, they were really bad. I don't know how they got number one graded running back out of that. He was still like four yards per carry, not much better than he was in the beginning of the season. So I don't really understand how they got that grade, but it is a thing you'll see on Twitter that he was number one graded after the injury, whatever. It doesn't sound like the Cowboys are going to bring him back. If they do, they're bringing him back with somebody else. And if he goes somewhere else, like I'm, I'm worried he just ends up you know, in a committee or just gets like little ass money where he's getting like a two for four and we hope he lands in like a David Montgomery type spot. But if you look at the players that went that go after him, I want Kamara just because I think Kamara is just better. He's a great pass catcher. He's going to find himself in a role that he's catching the ball somewhere if he's not back in New Orleans. I feel more confident that Kamara gets a fantasy friendly role than Pollard, even though I understand Kamara has also fallen off a little bit still like top three pass catcher at running back. I don't think we could uh, disagree with that. Josh Downs, I would take him. David Montgomery, I would take him. The 202, I would take that. Calvin Ridley, I would take him. And Brian Robinson, I think I'd also take him. So I And I think as far as to answer your question about could you keep tearing down, I mean, I think you could. All the way down here, RB26 and RB27 are Eckler and Henry. Just rather have Henry straight up than Pollard. I'm confident that he's going to be a starter next year somewhere, and I'm confident that he's still good and he's healthy. So I think you could uh, keep tearing down to those players. And Jalen Warren. James Conner. To put it into perspective, from weeks 11 to 17, Tony Pollard was no better than Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, he was a plotter. So, yeah, he's just at a point where he he seems very much replaceable. And I agree. I am, I'm going to keep it moving. I'm okay not having him. I think there are a couple of trades that I, I went and found that I feel okay doing for someone like Tony Pollard. Again, with the I really think he is going to get an opportunity to at least get 150, possibly 200 touches. I think a 24 second and a 24 third, I'd pay that, right? A 24 third and a 24 fourth, I would pay that. These are all trades that happened. I'm not just making them up. Uh, now, Tony Pollard for a 24 first, which was done on the 20th of this month in the Superflex, I think is insane, mm. right? But we have Tony Pollard in a 25 second for Saquon Barkley. I don't, I don't necessarily hate that. Eh. No, no way. I, I, I don't hate that at all. Tony Pollard for Spears in a second. I mean, I don't hate that. I think that, I think there are trades out there. I think you have to get creative for it. A couple yeah, of fourths yeah. and a second, etc. I think that's totally fine. Yeah, but you need to be him last year. Right. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I hated those two trades that you mentioned and said I, that you don't hate. <laughs> I hated those two, the the Spears one and the Barkley one. Those are so easy. The other side to me. But. Yeah, I, I just don't hate it. I mean, I know Spears is a favorite, but Spears is a guy that can't lose his efficiency on his touches at all. Spears cannot lose the efficiency. He's not gonna be the bell cow guy. Like I'm sorry. That's just not going to be him. I imagine they're either going to draft someone 
bring in a vet of some kind that sure. can just eat LDD touches, right? The LDD touches are what are going to get eaten up. Is going to take him off the field quite a bit. I'm concerned about his goal line. His upside is his they, efficiency, his receiving they, and things like that. They could draft any running back in this class. Tajay Spears would be the RB1 in this class. Like, I don't care. Sure. I agree, but NFL teams still use an LDD runner, which is long down in distance. He had I, – I understand, and I know what it is. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> let, let I'm not, and not for you. <laughs> it's for the people. Because there might sorry. be somebody that's asking me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm still, I'm still upset that I froze when I was cooking. This isn't I, this like, this isn't the this isn't the Andy Buckler podcast of descript like also this is a guy two weeks ago who wanted who wanted to describe what the kiss principle was to us. So Yeah. Yeah. Let's pipe down over there. But Mr. Tom Explanation. Says nah, come on, mate. We all know what that is. That's right, the two Toms. We're gonna keep you in check and correct. Jeez Louise. Anyway. That role, as much as we hate that role, is still valuable because it eats up touches. Impacts, yeah. So he's he's a guy. Spears is a guy. Now here's a guy. Now getting my inner Chris Collinsworth out here. But he is a player that cannot suffer a loss in his efficiency with his touches. So even if his touches go up slightly, if he loses any efficiency, his value plummets. So a guy like Tony Pollard, if you're telling me that I can get a pick back with that or I have to pay like a super late two, yeah, I'm just saying that I'm more okay with it. I think Tajay Spears is going to be a Twitter favorite. I think he's going to be he's going to be more valuable while you're roster baiting than he is while you're actually setting your lineup. And and that's and that's fine, right? For right now what we're talking about I want Tajay Spears. He just has more value. He's going to have more value when he goes into camp, when he goes into week one as a starter. I don't have to keep Tajay Spears until week 17, but he's going to be more, he's going to be worth more. Soon as Derrick Henry is finally not on the Titans. Soon as he leaves. He's already not on the Titans. He's a free agent already. Yeah, but, but officially, right? Like he's on another he's on team. He signs else. a contract for mm-hmm. somebody else. But you can he's, say the same. he's worth so much more than that Tony Pollard and that too. Like I sold him for a 25 first. You can get a first for Tajay Spears right now. You can get a first I think- for Pollard. I think the minute Tony Pollard signs, though, he's going to jump that two-round gap. I think he'll jump the Christian Watson, Terry McLaurin, Cole Komet. I mean, round. what is what is he signed for though? Because David Montgomery signed last year for like two for eight, and he was he didn't move. And I'd rather just have David Montgomery over him. I think he's a better player, and he has a great role on a great offense that runs the ball all the time. So what? Yeah, like, but- how do I know Pollard's going to land in that role? Pollard's like a he's a scat back that was really bad when he got to start. He was really bad when he finally got to play. What if he's just really bad? What if he's just a scat back? What if he's Jalen Warren Jr.? Or what if Let's he just not talk about Jalen Warren like and that? What if what if, what if he you just don't talk about Jalen Warren like that? What if he okay? What if he just doesn't get respected? What if he signs two for four? We, he might be one of those. Honestly, with how good the free agent class is, Tony Pollard might be waiting. He might be waiting. I don't see Tony Pollard waiting at all. Someone will. We'll I, I think we're going to have to split the difference on Tony Pollard, but never, never disrespect fat neck Jalen Warren again. <laughs> we don't disrespect the GOAT. Carried teams to the fantasy season last year. Okay, let's quickly hit on T. Higgins. I don't think much has changed with T. Higgins. No. I don't think much will change with T. Higgins. I think his value is going to be his value. Injured year. I think the Bengals are tagging him. I don't know if he necessarily even gets traded. I think he's a Bengal, even with a long-term contract, yeah. and that means his upside is capped. It just is. He's alpha-cucked. I didn't, you can roll your eyes at me all you want. 
His upside is capped, period. It's just like Devonta Smith. His upside is capped because he's alpha cucked by A.J. Brown. I I see T. Higgins as a guy we're always going to be pawning for More. him to be the number one guy somewhere else. So I think his value is stuck where it is. However, I think I think I would take him over Rasheed Rice. I would definitely have him over Tank Dell. I think I would take him over Drake London. I would take him over Travis Etienne and Kyron Williams. So in that regard, I think people are kind of jumping the shark a little bit. I think I would mm. take him over Dalton Kincaid and even a tight end premium. Yeah, he's and still I would good. definitely, st- just- I would still definitely have him over JSN, Zay Flowers, and Jordan Addison. Yeah, for sure. So I think he's being disrespected a little bit. So I'll say there's a little bit of an opportunity to move up in total value, but I don't think a lot is going to change with uh, with T Higgins. Yeah, I think people wanted T and Chase to be two top twelve, two top guys. Like, it's that's probably not going to happen. It's unlikely to happen. It doesn't happen to many teams. Um, but capped at 18, 15, that's good. Yeah, we need these guys. Mm-hmm. So, if there's an opportunity to buy, I'm all for it. Five oh five. That's exactly like you get stuck in league sometimes where you can't trade out of a spot. I'm okay taking him there. Um, yeah, your wide wide receiver two or three, love yeah. it. Love it. But I know Andy's going to eye roll his way into talking him into like a third round startup pick. So yeah, T Higgins is at a great price right now. Wide receiver 19. Nothing. He had the worst run out of all time last year. He got hurt twice, three times. His quarterback gets hurt and he was just a third round startup pick last year. And now he's disrespected. You can get him for the 107. That's right where he's next to. I think he's a you know he's a great value, especially like Tom Lee said. You can get him as your wide receiver two or three. I'm not going to go on a soliloquy about T. Higgins for 30 minutes. Damn. I don't even know. If I, so I'm just going to pass. And you know how I feel about him. So I'm just going to we could go on to someone else. <laughs> we'll I already back. I already used up everything on Tajay Spears. I can't go back. <laughs> I can't believe you're just out here disrespecting my guy. Just unbelievable disrespected. <laughs> Jalen Warren. But I think that is what it is. I mean, I call him a nesting doll wide receiver for a reason, and I don't see anything changing now. There are some situations I think he can go to that could really help boost his stock if somebody decides to pay a ton of money. I think there are a few places that could really hurt his stock. He's in a good offense with a upper-tier elite top 10 quarterback. Not a lot of other places like that in the league He's also still getting wide receiver one target share. He's still like he doesn't need to be the wide receiver one on a team to like for his I'd rather him be the wide receiver two getting not the number one coverage, still getting, you know, twenty two, twenty three percent, whatever it is, target share, than be the wide receiver one on Carolina. So I yeah, don't, I don't we've we've also seen him when Jamar Chase is out of the lineup and he is worse as the number one guy the in one. that situation. So he's probably in the role that he's best suited for from everything we know right now and i don't think that is a bad thing no. i just think he is in his he is in his sweet spot i think he'll be around five to seven startup pick for the next three years and i think that's pretty good value for what you're getting there when you know that he has the blow up weeks in him so then let's talk about the last position before we get into the hard yakka this is going to probably be an hour and a half long show but that's okay because he didn't get one last week um because I made boo-boos and mistakes and errors because we're all human sometimes. So should have followed the kiss prince. You know, you you can at me. Uh, you can contact Joe Dolan and complain. It's fine. Uh, I'll I'll take my beatings. I earned it. Uh, I let everyone down. So that's on me. But let's talk about one more player that everyone for some reason is just convinced is retiring to the point where now. 
tight end premium leagues, Travis Kelsey is falling to the seventh round. Now, there was a drop-off in Travis Kelsey last year where you were very bummed out. I know I experienced this atrocity firsthand <laughs> in the uh, Friday Night Lights League yep. where he truly let me down. But then we see his playoff run of epic proportions yeah. where he looked 26 years old, was damn near ready to fight uh, a retirement home age Andy Reid on the sidelines for taking him out of the out of the game, <laughs> and he dominated. He truly, in my opinion, there's a, could have been argument made that he was the MVP of the Chiefs playoff run. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I don't think I would argue that too much. So I think he's still obviously capable of being an elite player. I think he's a top three tight end. He may not be a lock for the number one or number two slot. I mean, this is a guy that had the number one slot for what? One, two, three, four, five, five, six years in a row. Number two, uh, thanks to the Tyler Huntley spam of, of <laughs> Mark Andrews Yeah. in 21. It's the only reason he lost that top spot there. And again, his playoff run showed that he he's still quite the difference maker. He's better than most wide receivers. He's better than all wide receivers drafted in that area, except for maybe Devontae Adams. You could just stick this guy in your flex spot in a tight end premium league and rake, even at 34, 35 years old. So let's talk about Travis Kelsey and if you are buying at his spot. This is a rare occasion where you can punt tight end, in my opinion. You're punting Mark Andrews and Kincaid and Kyle Pitts, and you're getting Kelsey in the Njoku, who had an amazing run himself, yeah. but Joe Flacco is not coming back to play quarterback for the Browns next year. Let's keep that in mind. And then you have George Kittle, whose floor could be zero. Cole Komet, who I don't mind, actually. It's pretty solid. And then Evan Ingram and Jake Ferguson, like a bunch of maybes. Ingram is a benefactor of an inefficient offense and Trevor Lawrence maybe not being as good as people thought he was, which I will keep saying until he shows me otherwise. But, I mean, you're getting Travis Kelsey here by the 109, Josh Jacobs. I mean, Tajay Spears goes shortly thereafter. I mean, I think he's right. I think he's right in the spot. Yeah. Like, Travis Kelsey or Tajay Spears, third down scat back. I mean, come on. You're taking Kelsey. Like, it's seventh round Kelsey. This is a man who, whilst contextually let you down in a league that we share, uh, was still (sighs) the best fantasy points per game in PPR tight end by more than four points in the 10th one. So it's still of note. It's just not four points to the next person as it was the last two years. Uh, the next one down was Hawkinson, who is injured and not going to play well. You have the three young guys who are taking five rounds before him. Like unless a bear, which I don't think we have over here at the Sydney Zoo, gets him, he is going to be <laughs> elite. Uh, so we're buying round seven, Kelsey. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I think what people forget about Kelsey is that he had that injury before the season, right before that Thursday night game, where yep. people thought maybe he would miss the whole season. 
and then he ended up missing that one game coming back. He was hurt all year. Like I, I just know he was, and and he's someone that said he's had a, you know a lot of surgeries in his career. He doesn't really talk about them during the season, so he just like plays through a lot of stuff. And we know we know about that one. So I think he's an easy buy, and he already kind of did it the retiring thing after the Super Bowl. He said he wants to run it back, come back. He was never retiring, so that discount. I would assume it's probably gone, but still in the seventh round. Yeah, I agree with you guys on him. No, no, uh, no argument from me. I mean, just so look at some of the trades. I'm watching you, buddy. Uh, let's look at some of the trades here. Josh Downs and Travis Kelsey, straight up. That's that's crazy. Made on the Jesus. 21st in a in a in a 14 team half PPR league. Jesus. Travis Kelsey, Josh Downs. We got Travis Kelsey, Chuba Hubbard, for Michael that's- Mayer and a 25 second. Sure. Like. Okay, I like Mayer, but come on. Yep. We've got Travis Kelsey, uh, Travis Kelsey and Traylon Burks for DeAndre Swift on the 20th. Ooh. This is just Brian Robinson Jr. in a 25 second and Travis Kelsey. Now we've got some late 24 firsts, which I think I'm, I might I might draw the line there. That's I, what I, wanted, I, I wanted to ask uh, if you would send a first for him. G- give me anything. I think 109 and later. I'm okay moving straight up. 109 and later. <laughs> so that's where it's going in the start off. <laughs> if you're 109, yeah. one yeah, if you're 109, 110, right? And even if it's even if it's a pick that you traded for and maybe you finished third or second and you have just a surplus of a pick, I'd feel comfortable with that. I he's not retiring. I don't think I don't think he's retiring. And I also here's the caveat to that and why I wouldn't send that pick right now for him, is that I don't think there's anything he can do for his value to go up. I think this is just where Travis Kelsey is locked. Maybe he creeps back into the sixth round towards the start of the season. Maybe, but I'm okay. I'm okay buying him right now. Some of these prices, you can go out and find some trades that are comparable if you want an idea of what to pay, but I'm I'm buying. I'm just buying. What about, just one more question about it. What about a tight end that like, it has like a sexy name that hasn't done anything yet. What about adding like two seconds to Michael Mayer to get him? Yeah. You would do that? I'd I'd ask for a third back. Just because I'm annoying. Like cut. I'm annoying. I know I'm annoying. I know I'm annoying. Yeah. But I, I, I would because chances are that other person's not going to throw their deal away over a third. Yeah. That's I how would I neither. Get, that's how I get finesse every time because I'm not losing the shit and I'm sick of hearing you. So I just take the shit. I just lose my third for no reason. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm just not listening just to you. So I, I, just, I just want my player. Hey, don't act like I'm sitting there sending 30 messages. You know I don't I don't play that stuff. But when you look at some of the trades, so people will be like, why are you so insistent on getting that third? Look at how many of these trades where you're picking up values because there's multiple thirds in that deal. Yeah. It is an easy you can thing just, to just you can just stack them and and it works. Chris Godwin and two thirds for a twenty five first. You just stack those thirds on the Godwin and it looks a lot better. <laughs> yeah, so, it's got some heat behind it. Yeah. Exactly. People see that. And yeah, it turns some people off on deals too. Like, oh, it's, I've seen as soon as I see a third, I'm rejecting it. It's like, okay, well, you're probably bad at this, but like, you don't just reject a trade for that. No offense. I, a little I've offense. Lost I've, I've lost trades over that because it's pissed me off and I just didn't do the trade because of it. Yeah. And that's why you end up with Samaj P. Ryan on your, on your, as your RB2 on teams. And now he's dead. But. I think that's a great. I think it's a great point to to lead to lean off of. And you've heard us talking now for like half an hour straight, so we're going to give your ears a break. And when we come back, we're going to get into the tail end of this, and we're going to try to keep this 
at an hour and a half because uh, editing this will be a lot more fun. So here we go. Quick five second break. And we'll be right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Lee, what do we have for part two in this year podcast? It's a yakka time. The hard yakka. This week, early players to avoid in startups. We're looking into expected fantasy points per game, their actual fantasy points per game, and what the hell some of these players are doing at some of these spots. We like some of them. We don't like some of them. Uh, there might be some controversy, but we'll keep it under half an hour because, you know, we're not going to go over players that we've talked about for previous weeks for too long. Um, but we're going to kick it off with a guy that, when I was first given the brief, I looked into and went, oh, geez, that's spicy. Uh, and we got talking, and then my opinion sort of shifted. So we'll see how we go here. So Brandon Ayuk is currently going at the 403, wide receiver 11 off the board. Last year, he was the wide receiver 17 in ADP just before the season started. Um, comparable picks last year at the wide receiver 11 would have got you Waddle, Diggs, Smith, and Devontae Adams. So it's a spicy, spicy place from previous years. But this year, it starts a run of players that are very, very questionable. So... On the surface, it sounds like I want to avoid Brandon Ayuk at the wide receiver 11. But do we avoid wide receiver from wide receiver 11? What are we doing? I feel like I can't be trusted with this question because people get really sick and tired of hearing how I view wide receivers. And I understand that. But I think Brandon Ayuk, a very good player. I know that Andy mentioned he has a, he has, before we hit record, that he has a, he has a chance to have the Stefan Diggs career path, which I think that there's like, there's merit to that. I think it happens so infrequently that the chances of that happening are slim to none. It just doesn't happen often. There's a reason that the Stefan Diggs situation is unique because you really just don't see it. And then of course there's the Randy Moss who went to Oakland was dog water and was traded and revitalized his career. Brandon Ayuk's not Randy Moss. He's not going to a Tom Brady-led offense. He's not. Don't. Nah, he's not. He's not bobblehead boy. But I think where he is is probably where he deserves to be. But it is very hard to take him ahead of DJ Moore, Michael Pittman Jr., Devonta Smith, and even Nico Collins. But it's hard to justify him being taken after. So I think he is right where he belongs. Yeah. He's a very good player, not someone I want as my wide receiver one on my team. But post, like, even Chris Alave, I love him, but he's hitting on that borderline of nesting doll territory. <laughs> Jalen Waddle is who he is. I mean, there's so yeah. few truly elite wide receivers that, that pace themselves because the quality wide receiver is so good. In the fourth round, I think I'd have a hard time clicking Ayuk at the 39th pick, just personally. Eddie? I wouldn't. I think it's fine. I think wide receiver 11 is fine, for, like for all you guys said. I think it's like pick your poison at any of those wide receivers. You want to take any of them at wide receiver 11, I think it's fine. You're not really going to be able to trade back. Like you can say, oh, we should trade back. They're in the same round. So, I mean, it's just not really something that's going to realistically happen. We could tell you guys to trade back within the same round, but that actually happening is probably not going to happen. I like Brandon Ayuk because I think the dude is really, really good. Like I have a take where I think Brandon Ayuk is one of the seven best receivers in the entire NFL. And if he was given the chance – I really think that he can break the league. He had 1,300 yards and 106 targets. He's number. I don't know if you care about ESPN open score and stuff like that. He's number one by a lot. 
he's just a really, really talented player. And taking a, t- I know this is like, you know, stupid, but taking a talented player is good. He's talented. He's very talented. We know he's good. You're not going to lose much on that pick. That's why I don't like, yeah, maybe you're not going to gain a lot. But yeah. what are the odds that that fourth round pick used on IU? What are the odds that it's a ninth round value next year? It's not going to be. So he doesn't yeah. really have like any risk. Might just not have a lot of upside. But I like him and the other position players around him. It's like a straight McBride's one pick after him. I know. Uh, I know Tom would want him. I think that's fine. Then there's <laughs> Devon Achan who has like no floor, absolutely no floor. And then it's just the 106 and then a run of all the wide receivers that we talked about. They're all the same, and that's it. And then it's a couple tight ends, TJ Hawkinson, who's hurt, and Dalton Kincaid hasn't done anything. Mark, it's a bunch of tight ends and a bunch of receivers. Like the next two rounds are all receivers. So I think Ayuk's fine. You realistically, I guess you would like to move back, but we can't tell you to move back six spots. That doesn't happen. So yeah, I agree. I agree with you guys. I like that point. I mean, there's nothing wrong with taking a good talented guy that you like. And I think in the fourth, you're probably just thinking back to previous years and harking back to what value was there. If it's not there now, you've just got to pick a guy. Um, and you know, unless you're trading back in the same round and picking up a third or two, like Tom would want to, um, <laughs> then you're sort of stuck. And that's what sort of changed my mind. I sort of went, "Geez, like a top twelve receiver, Brandon Ayuk in that offense, where it's so, you know, up and down. Yeah, that's that's where we're at." Um, so then we talk. Interestingly, we move on to a guy who's been rising up the board at five hundred five, wide receiver eighteen. Again, he falls into this range of these wide receivers where we're not really sure where to put them. But Rashi Rice came from mm. not nowhere, but came from a long way back last year to become a, a fan favorite amongst a lot of people. Um, you know, comparably though, last year at wide receiver 18, we're looking at guys like Cup, Addison, London, and Watson, um, which again sounds this year like you're sort of picking, is this guy going to break out? So Rashi Rice, for me, is a guy I don't like taking, but at the same time, if you like his talent, you would take him at 18, right? Yes, I think Rishi Rice at wide receiver 18 is actually really good. Uh, I know Tom said he would take T. Higgins over him. I'm like the T. Higgins guy. I would rather have Rishi Rice. I've sent that trade and can't get it, so I'd rather have Rishi Rice. That's interesting I, to me. It is interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think there's way more room to grow with Rishi Rice. Like his value can just grow, and I don't. I don't, and I don't think it could fall very much. Like not as much as T. T. Higgins is kind of what he is. We know what he is. At least. Rasheed Rice is going to get that second-year wide receiver bump, and he has a chance to maybe we don't fully know what he is. He's not a five-year player. He's a second-year player. He's had to pass from Mahomes, not going anywhere on a rookie deal. Yeah, I would understand the pushback of Rasheed Rice as a prospect because he, I mean, he wasn't a great one. That's why he was a, a late second-round pick in rookie drafts, and even with the Mahomes bump, it didn't really go that high. And he does have some ADOT concerns. But I, I think I think it's a really good pick there. What he did as a rookie, I mean, he went 79 catches, 938, and 7 with Mahomes. I think it's a miracle that he's only at wide receiver 18, honestly. I think, like, you know, he should probably be higher or would be higher, you know, from uh, opposed to other people. But I would I would take him. I think that's really good value for him as he I did, ramble to nothing. He did a lot of work against linebackers, right? Like, Rasheed Rice did a lot. Of, they protected him really well. The first eight weeks of the year, right, he was just 10.5 points per game, which – is underwhelming. Like I know there are quite a few people that were concerned with that level of production. And he did kind of turn it on in the second half of the season, which we like, but again, people were still down on that offense as a whole. I mean the whole year. And he he didn't exactly, 
he he did average 16.2 points per game from weeks 9 to 18 which is very good for a rookie so the second half breakout was very legit Real. yeah but there's he, still an opportunity for them to add and i truly believe they add and what i'm concerned about is a scenario that everyone has been hollering about oh yeah. Name X free agent receiver, they're going to Kansas City. Yeah. I think that yeah. if they find some money and they do make that happen, and I mean, I'm not talking about like a Jacoby Myers type ad here. Like I'm talking, words. I'm talking like, is Devontae Adams actually available? Yeah. Is Mike Evans actually going to hit free agency? Like, are legitimate receivers that I could see taking away from Rasheed Rice? So I think there's an opportunity for his value to still very much so get affected. Hard to complain about that ADP. Hard to complain about 505. I just want to say about the 10 points per game you talked about, he didn't break a 69% snap share and literally until week 14, he played 85% of the snaps. He was playing 30, 18, 51, 40, 40, 40. He didn't even Mm -hmm. break 70 until only week 14. And then when he got the 85% snap share, seven for 72, nine for 91, six for 57, five for 127. Then his playoffs, eight for 130, four for 47, eight for 46. Like I said, there's a lot of work in screens, a lot of design targets. I, I get it, but there's, still going to be there like they're still going to be there he's going to have his role they can add someone they don't have any money man they're going to have to add through the draft i know the salary we want to say the salary cap isn't real it's not real until it is the odds of them getting that Devonte adams contract like, I, I don't know this rasheed rice feels a lot like uh, post rookie year amon rasheed brown to me and what, what he did anywhere near with, that with with, with 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 what he did at the end of the year, like look at that end of the year. That was the Amon Ross St. Brown thing that we tried to poke a million holes in. I'll Maybe if a rookie for way longer. It's very similar. Well, look at it. He he did it like I said, the dude didn't play over 85% of the snaps so week 14. And from week eleven on, he was he was smoking shit. And he uh, he's and the only person smoking <laughs> shit right now is you. Amon Ra had Jamar <laughs> Chase level production. Rasheed Rice did fucking not. So yeah, I we, just want to let's just like nip that. <laughs> this is That's no, crazy. I, I don't know. No, it, he had a no. It was, it was an Amon, it was a mini Amon Ross stretch, and we tried to poke a million holes okay, in it. Mini, so, mini, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah. This is a, I, I like what he's saying. This is a rookie wide receiver, and we always want to just like call people what they are. They're rookies. Like this yeah. is Jordan Addison debate all over again. He's a rookie, and he was really damn good in the second second half of the year. So why can't he get better? He has the best quarterback in the league. He has a prominent role. They have no money, and the at the what at the worst he's a he's a slot guy. Yeah. He's a he's a juju in that offense. He catches seven passes. Okay, that's your ADP right there. What are the chances that Rasheed Rice next year goes ninety for twelve hundred and ten? I'm never getting a wide receiver eighteen again. At the at the I, worst, he's probably back at wide receiver twenty, wide receiver twenty four. He is such a good pick because he has such a ceiling. Of like you talk about, oh, we don't know nesting doll. Maybe more like he could gain so much value. He I plays agree. with Patrick Mahomes. That's I, said. I like that spot. All I was saying is that there is a possibility that his total value gets affected. I am speaking from all possibilities, okay, when when I make statements like this could happen. Yeah. Because you have to be okay taking him there. You have to be okay understanding that that is a possibility. You just just have to do it. Like not doing that would be completely irresponsible. 
I understand. Now I get it. I don't mean to keep. I will say, Sorry. <laughs> I will say though. I think we're right. We're we're not even talking about the Addison conversation because the Addison conversation is that he is cucked by an actual elite wide receiver, which is mm. true. Rice is not, and you are right that the likelihood of that happening is slimmer. Like I would definitely take him over JSN, which he is going over JSN. Yeah, I want him over Zay Flowers. I want him over Addison. He's the sophomore wide receiver I want from this class. Mm-hmm. So I definitely do agree there. And you're right. He he pops off and he could pass. I, I do want him over Tank Dell. I think I would, man, I think I would want him over Drake London. Okay. I so can see that. Absolutely. I think, yeah. you're, I think you're right. I like him at this spot. Picking him up post, uh, like in an established league, is even a lot easier than I would think it is as I click on him yeah. and I look at some of these trades. You're getting Rasheed Rice on a 24 first for Deshaun Watson and Elijah Moore. We smash that. Rasheed Rice for Isaiah Pacheco. Like, hilariously, we smash that. Respectfully, if that's your trade. I'm sorry, but hilariously, I smashed that. Rasheed Rice in a second for Javante Williams. Stop with Javante Williams. That trade was made on the 21st of this month. Yeah. Stop it, guys. That's like, what are we expecting to happen here? They had a a tiny running back look more explosive and trust more in that. Oh, he's going to get the Camara passing role. Don't think so. Yeah. Don't think so. I don't know what we're hoping for here. I think maybe we need to have a Javante Williams like (laughs) seance. So we can cleanse some souls An intervention. and release yeah. some chakra f- of <laughs> of J- the Javante Williams hold that he has on people. I, I don't know what we're expecting of third or fourth year breakout from a guy who's his explosiveness looks almost gone. I bought in. You can search my Twitter. I bought in in the first like three weeks. I was like, man, I think he's turning the corner. And Lucas fleeced me in a trade or two for him. And now I'm, I've, got, I've cleansed my body and mind on this. We, we, I, it's it's time. Stop it. We also have Rasheed Rice for uh, Jacoby Myers in two thirds, and we just take Rice there. So it's yeah. like very good, very good. Okay, let's let's keep it moving. So we'll switch we'll switch tact a little bit. We're going to go to running back, and it's you're going to see a lot of guys for us sitting in this sort of like fourth to sixth um, round range because there's a lot of ambiguity and a lot of everyone loves to trade out or they love to trade out the early ones to acquire multiple assets in this range. But Rashad White at the moment is going running back 11, the 604. He was the 10th in points per game this year, but they're running back four overall, which I feel has pushed up his status a fraction. But I also think he had a huge impact for people on field. If you had Rashad White last year, you were really enjoying that run and you were making a lot of people very unhappy in the process. Um, expected fantasy points per game, he was right on track of where he should have been. Um, so there's no shocks there. But what are we thinking heading forward with, with Rashad White? Is running back 11 too much to pay, or is it just right for you guys? I think it's fine. It's similar to Ayuk, right? There's not a lot of good running backs, so he's a running back one, but it's like a fake running back one. I think I think it's fine with where he's going. He's going right right behind, right in front of James Cook, Bryce Young, the 108, and then some other like aging receivers, Diggs, uh, Debo. I think it's fine. Rashad White is a little scary because I'm still not sure he's good. I'm not sure yeah. he's a good rusher, and – that I, I think I said that you know on the last podcast. So it is scary the fact that I'm not sure how much like uh, job security he has. He's also an older player. He's 25 as a second year running back, which is scary. He does have good draft capital. It seems like they really do. Like I know it's like a narrative based thing. It seems like that team really really loves him. You know they they didn't want to 
they said that that was their guy and then they were right. That was their guy. They didn't lie about it. There was no committee. There was nothing. So he's safe. I think very safe into a role for next year. He's kind of like a, like a, if CMC was really bad, it would be Rashad White. <laughs> Rashad White is a really, <laughs> a really good pass catcher, but a, a really bad rusher. So I think it's, I think it's fine. He would still like scare me to pick him just because I don't know what his future looks like. But again, it just, I keep saying it just goes back to how bad the players are. If you look behind him, I mean, all them players aren't that great either. So I think it's fine. I think it's fine with Shaw White. Just where he's going, right? I mean, James Cook right behind him. Talk about a guy whose upside is also limited. 108, I think, interests me a little bit more. But I mean, Stefan Diggs, Jaden Reed, Debo Samuel, Isaiah Pacheco, George Pickens. Yeah. Going going after him in this round, I do like White there if, if I can't move back. I just want to point out that the fantasy footballers put out uh, some very good information on Rashad White, I believe they said that his his point seven fantasy points per opportunity was one of the lowest it's been in five yeah. years. And running backs who finished inside the top ten with that uh, saw an average drop off in points per game of three point four points. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it because that popped to me as well. Um, like- and sorry if I butchered that, uh, Andy and the guys at the fantasy footballers. I'm sorry, but I did see that today and I was like, hmm, interesting. Mm. But I will say the likelihood of them signing one of the free agent backs when they have their own guys they need to keep in-house. This yeah, draft so. class is doo-doo. Yeah. Baker more than likely coming back, and he's a pass catcher. So, yes, he was terribly inefficient last year. That offensive line wasn't super great. Let's keep that in the back of our minds as well. Mm-hmm. He isn't on a second contract. This is his third year. He's We've already seen an upper-tier season from him so there's an opportunity for his his yards per carry to go up but i don't think he needs 250 carries i think if he keeps his receiving work his top 12 potential is right there so what i will say is i can see rashad white paying dividends at his current cost like if you can't trade back from here yeah you know and like i don't see like kenneth walker and rashad white to me eerily similar Travis Etienne, eerily similar. I mean, Josh Jacobs. I talked a couple weeks ago how much I, I would like to buy Josh Jacobs, but I don't see much of a difference with Rashad White except Rashad White's on a team with a contract. Yeah. So I, I think that top 12 Rashad White could pay off, and I don't think the price around him right now scares me off of him. I am fully prepared for the drop-off in points per game, however. I will say I don't think it's as going to be as drastic as some people are fearing, but it wasn't that long ago I traded a 26 first for him on a contending team, and I think I'm still going to be pretty okay with that here in 2024. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's for where it is, and it's seeming like in this this sort of round range for all of us, um, we're going to be stuck and making some interesting and tough decisions. Hopefully the guys who are listening who are in our new startup, you know, host versus talent, (laughs) uh, are also fearing what's about to happen in this draft because it's not sounding fantastic. Uh, I want to cover off on another guy, another wide receiver in this range, mostly because of the boom year he had, right? So Nico Collins, wide receiver 13, going at the 408. The previous two years, he was 50-somethingth and 70-somethingth in points per game. Not really relevant. Rookie getting into his thing. Um, But this year, 7th in points per game, wide receiver 12 overall in the finish. The new hotness in CJ Stroud, uh, 3.5 expected fantasy points per game above expectation. What are we doing with Nico Collins? Because for me, it's a guy that I've had on a few rosters 
and you go, oh shit, now I've got something, but not a guy that I'm super keen to go, yeah, this is the guy, this is what we have going forward. What are you guys thinking, Andy? I like Nico Collins. I think his price is very fair. I do recognize that he does have a floor. He wasn't as good when Tank Dell was healthy, and CJ Stroud, you know, really likes Tank Dell. Asked them to draft him. That's his guy. He brought up like his. It's a stupid narrative, but he was on a podcast talking about his dream offense, and he put Tank Dell on there, and not Nico Collins. It had people like, "Oh man, that, that might be something." And I do think Tank Dell is very good, but I, I like Nico Collins. He was a really good player. For he just had no quarterbacks. He was also a really underrated prospect at Michigan. He had no quarterback. He had um, Shea Patterson at quarterback. They don't know how to use their players, so he fell in the draft. This is like just athletic freak, and he's only seven years or seven years, seven months uh, older than Tank Dell. So I think it's perfect at wide receiver twelve, and he has like what we think is probably a top five real life quarterback at this point. So I think mm. clicking him there is fun. Interesting, Tom. Even yeah, so even when Tank Dell was popping off. So is Nico Collins. And I fully understand that regression is coming. Regression for CJ Stroud is likely. How much regression? I don't know. The man threw that many touchdowns with that few turnovers. It's nearly unheard of. So when you have that kind of touchdown percentage, again, regression does factor in. But that does not mean it's going to hit Nico Collins like a truck. This guy had... A few games that absolutely hurt you against Jacksonville, Atlanta, Carolina, the Jets, very like some good defenses, and no one had to throw against Carolina. So let's just be real. They just could run yeah. the ball to infinity and beyond. But he has legitimate alpha traits. We saw it in the playoffs, even, even against the Ravens. Uh I mean, first play. I mean, he absolutely shattered them. So 24 years old on a team that doesn't have a ton of ability to add at high draft capital, obviously. Now, the only thing that gives me pause here is the news that Stefan Diggs has shot up in probability to be yeah. a Houston Texan uh, in Vegas, right? I think, Andy, you had that. Uh, what's the, What was the line that moved? It was plus 7,500, and now it's plus 1,000. Yeah, so it's moving quite a bit. It's it's not in the negative, so it's not like – but where there's smoke, there's fire. So I think we could potentially be seeing somebody like Diggs come into town. If that happens, I think you're burning a pick here. But until we get something or anything really concrete, we're talking about a guy who plays on the outside, wins deep. I don't think this is a one-off. Slowick is back. I feel like you're getting what we want out of Brandon Ayuk with with Nico Collins. You're not really, in my opinion, getting a, a real big drop-off. We got a good offense, a seemingly elite quarterback. He's 24 years old. I mean, the third-year breakout, Zelots are just loving this Nico Collins season to keep yeah. their narrative alive. He was just very good. His fantasy points per route run was very good this year. I just I just like him a little bit more than Tank Dell. Maybe it's because I'm prejudiced against Tank Dell's size, but Tank Dell also ate off the touchdowns, yeah. which aren't sticky as well, but a .68 fantasy points per route run is very good. He did overachieve his fantasy points per game, I think by about three and a half. Yeah. So, again, you're looking for that to come down, but let's say his 17.4 points per game come down to 15.5. Yeah, I'm taking that. 
Yeah. Right, because he's we know he's going to have the spike weeks. So what I interested- like that spot for him yeah. personally. What I'm interested in is if you can pull up some trades because in yep. startups, it makes a lot of sense because of what's happened to the wide receiver landscape. And unless you're running a certain strategy, unless, again, if you're in our new startup league, don't listen to this bit. Unless you're running a certain strategy, um, you know he's a solid pick. I think he's going to add good value to your roster. But I have a feeling that in existing leagues, People who have him on their roster who are in a pinch are going to look to get some value out of him and not necessarily charge you wide receiver 12 startup prices. Like the 407 is is a lot for a guy who, for most people, would have come from nowhere. He would have been on taxi squads. He would have been on, you know, fringe mm-hmm. sort of roster spots at wide receiver 58 the year before. Um, what's happened to the value in trades is what I'm interested in. Well, it's also important to remember that there is a, always a situation where you can be the one that buys in early. And you profit or you can be afraid and not, and now you're paying the premium. I always try to lean as far as I can on believing it as early as possible. Yeah. I mean, we did get roasted on this, on not roasted, but we had Scott Barrett himself disagree with how high we had CJ Stroud before the market had adjusted. That paid off. We're also a lot higher on Will Levis uh, when he had first started, and that hasn't panned out yet. Never wrong, always early. Never wrong, always always early. early. Get the shirts (laughs) Exactly. But I I think this is very much real. I mean, he had the third highest fantasy points per route run last season. Yeah. And I'm going to go, I'm going to actually give him second highest because Kevante Turpin can just get out of here. Like out of receivers that played 10 games, like he, he was better on a per route basis than CeeDee Lamb. By by point zero one points, but it counts. Yeah. So, I just think that he's very good. Dell might need some time when when the season starts. I mean, can we just stop putting him in on the goal line? This is so stupid. But yeah, I think he has a real shot to be the alpha there, and you're gonna and you're gonna want that. As for what you said, Tom Lee, about trades, mm-hmm. you you go to dynastydatalab.com and you click on the player. You can get some trades here. You've got George Kittle and Josh Downs for Nico Collins. I mean, we're taking that. But on the 21st, Nico Collins was going at the 611. Yeah. So you look at where he's going as of this podcast. <laughs> Two full rounds. And it is not the 611. So he has jumped. Don't see a world where he has an opportunity to go up no. from, from where he's at. But I mean, you've got Nico Collins and Austin Eckler for Zay Flowers and Najee Harris. Okay. I think I take that. Yep. I mean, Nico Collins, Rahid, oh my God, Shahid. I'm not even going to, I just butchered that. I'm so sorry. And at first, the question is going to come down to, and I'll ask Andy before we move on to our last player. A lot of these are like this and a pick, player and a pick, Rashid Shahid and a pick. Got it right that time. Uh, Christian Kirk and a pick. So let's talk about the pick because I feel like that's going to be the most important. Where do you draw the line in the first round? What's the spot? Could you repeat it? I'm sorry. How does the guy like that? What is the pick? What is the pick that you're putting a pause on? So if it's a Christian Kirk in a first, uh, a Shahid in a first, a Pickens in a first, right? Uh, Amari in a first. What is what is the pick cutoff? Because that's what people are going to want to know. How do I value him in terms of rookie picks? The 105. I don't want to give up anything above that, right? Cause that's so you, the- is that 105 and down, or does that mean you're 106? I, yeah, I would send anything from 105 to 112. Not one hundred three to one hundred one hundred one to one hundred four. Am I completely okay. lost? <laughs> no, that's good. I wouldn't. I would. It's spicy, I but it's com- good. 
<laughs> I wouldn't cough up the five or six. Yeah. In a super flex tight end premium, wouldn't cut up the five or six. Yeah. Because I still want that May Daniels Bowers tier, I think a little bit ahead. Because I think yeah. the dynasty brain, and maybe that's just me being a uh, as Andy likes to say, like a perpetual rebuilder, but uh, there's just something about that value to me that feels like losing I, some of it. But he he goes right beside the 106. Yeah. So it's I don't like, I don't think you're yeah. I don't think you're nuts. Yeah. yeah, I don't think what you're saying is like I don't think it's dumb. Like I get it. I just I'm honestly like I just got like I don't really I just don't really care about the Drake May part anymore. Like I don't want to draft that quarterback. So I can get I I would just I I don't I value the pick. I understand it has a ton of value. I get that. But I, I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, I can get Drake May. Like, I don't know, whatever. So I, I think it's fine. I wouldn't send the. It's it's whatever at this point. Like, I'm I'm so against drafting the rookie quarterbacks, especially yeah. when I have to pick. When I have to like pick after, you know, Caleb. So obviously, yeah, 101 to 104, I think is untouchable because those guys are probably like first round or not first round starter picks, but definitely you know top 24 really? starter yeah. picks. So I, I don't want to give up any of them. But after that, 105, especially after the 106, like that's easy. Like I really don't care about the late first round at this point. I know you brought up the quarterbacks, the probably going to push back the stuff, but there's just no running backs. So that's also just going to make it the the back end of the first round. I think a lot slimmer than in years past. Yeah, you're right. I think that's fair. I'm probably looking at it as like dynasty brain off season, whatever. I mean, if you're talking about a guy who could be an upper tier wide receiver. I, th- I think you are kind of right, but I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to stick to that pick here. <laughs> yeah, One more he, player. Oh, yeah. go ahead. I was going to say, if you hear a top six rookie pick, it's a double take sort of moment of like, Hmm, am I invest? What am I investing in? Do I really want to send that? And it always makes you have a, well, another look at it. But yeah. And you're probably, if you're sending away one Oh five, you're probably getting potentially something back. Yeah. So you could probably be annoying again and then ask for a second, <laughs> a third, <laughs> at least a third, <laughs> two thirds, or as Andy knows, my favorite two seconds. Right, like that's <laughs> that's been my bit for many years in leagues. Andy's in. I'll give you two seconds. Not um, consistent. <laughs> exactly. Let's talk about our last player before we get out of here. Oh, all right, star wide receiver, Green Bay, Jaden Reed, wide receiver, twenty five six oh nine is where this man's coming off the board. This year was the twenty seventh in points per game, wide receiver, twenty five overall, at one point nine points above expectation in points per game. Where are we at with Jaden Reed, Tom? So I talked to Scott Barrett about Jaden Reed today just to make sure, because it was Jaden Reed day on Twitter, and I <laughs> wanted to make sure I wasn't missing something. I was like, what is going on with this Jaden Reed thing? Because he is the uh, he is the guy drafted ahead of everyone else in the Green Bay offense, and I struggle with this. Because his role changed when everyone was healthy. I think that offense is very Washington, where we don't fully know what the effect is going to be. And Jaden Reed lived off his touchdowns. He had he had 16.2 points again, like you mentioned. But from weeks 9 to 18, so his big stretch, where he was really blowing up. But his expected points per game was 11.9. That is a steep drop-off for a guy who is a part-time player and who did rely on touchdowns. Now, regardless of what you want to say about the Green Bay offense and how good Jordan Love was, again, touchdown percentage regression is real. And when you look at the games that Jaden Reed ended up having, he either rushed for a touchdown or he was receiving touchdowns for his for his big games. In the second part of the year, he had two, three, four, five, six of his eight touchdowns came from, uh, obviously, from weeks... 7 to 17, 
And some of those games, like even in games he scored a touchdown, it wasn't exactly like a lights out situation. He had a game where he had a rushing touchdown where it just wasn't a stellar game for him. But his his 20 and a half points, okay, he had eight eight catches, a rushing touchdown, and 27 receiving yards. Six catches for 52 receiving yards and a touchdown. Then he had some good games. Four for 112, four for 89 against Minnesota and Chicago. Like, those were pretty solid games. He had two touchdowns against Minnesota in that game as well. So that was obviously a positive. But we're talking about a guy who is legitimately a role player who has lived on touchdowns. And there are some better bets, in my opinion, at their cost. Dontavian Wicks is my favorite pick on this team (laughs) because he is the third or fourth most drafted receiver who did show that he was a pretty good player. 11.3 points per game on an 8.5 expected. He had a 0.61 fantasy points per route run on a 0.46 expected fantasy points per route run. So still good in a limited role. I think Christian Watson also has a ton of upside, but no floor. I think I want Wicks in this situation, especially when you look at, and I talked to Ryan Heath about this a little bit today too, because I just had to figure out what was going on with the Jaden Reed conversations. Oh, he's Debo. He's not. He's not. I think that you're looking at a slot player, that will be a very fine, you know, wide receiver three type when it's all said and done. Yeah. But we're talking about a guy that's going just after Stephon Diggs, right before uh, Debo Samuel. He should go before George Pickens because get that guy out of here. But Devontae Adams is going after him. Yeah. Travis Kelsey is going after him. I don't see it. I don't see the the elite potential upside. He again lived off of touchdowns. We know how not sticky touchdowns are. They're not predictable. I think LaFleur is a phenomenal play caller. I think he's an underrated coach at this point. I think we all went, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's not LaFleur. Mm. And then you look what Jordan Love did this year. Very good. You have a very good offense. But this offense feels very Washington Commanders to me, where they have a ton of good wide receivers. You don't know who it's going to be on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. And without the rushing, and then again, the high touchdown rate, I don't love the efficiency on his targets, and we want efficiency and volume. He doesn't have either of those things, really. So I think I'm out on him at his price at wide receiver 25, and I'm probably going to get burned at the stake by the Jaden Reed people, and that's fine. Yeah. There's just there's just other players that I would take after him. I really would. Yeah, I think Jordan Love has a lot to be blamed for here because – like mm. him executing this system to what was an outstanding level has brought a lot of people to relevance that probably not that they don't deserve it, but that weren't getting mentioned beforehand. So it, it's got a feeling of like, you know, there's those quarterbacks in the league that love to hyper target someone and you're sort of trying to pick between two who it's going to be. This is not that. This is like, can we get enough out of Jaden Reed at this point to try and get six, eight good games a year where he makes a difference? Possibly. But unless you're playing best ball, my chance of picking those weeks over someone else, I fear is not high enough, especially for where he's going. So it's not that he can't be good. It's more, I'd rather put Debo in every week. I'd rather put Diggs in every week, hoping for their floor or their boom game, than try to pick the week that Reed's going to go off. Yeah. And I know we're just going to get, we're just going to get, oh, but he did it last year and he had X point. I get it. I understand. I fully understand. I just don't see that being replicated at that touchdown rate. That touchdown rate scares the shit out of me. Yeah, I agree. I think Jaden Reed, he's a t- probably the most dangerous type of asset we have in Dynasty. We always talk about what's the most dangerous type of asset. Is it picks? Is it this? Is it that? It's wide receivers like him that we're projecting 
and we don't really know. And then you can get burned. You can't – I can't pick – I don't want to be the first one to pick a Packers wide receiver because if you sit here a year a year from now and tell me it's Christian Watson, you tell me it's Dante Wicks, you tell me it's Romeo Dobbs, I can believe all that. Yeah. So I just I – just, I think it's – I think he's a good player. But I think all the other players are also good players. I think Christian Watson, when he plays, is a good player. I think Romeo Dobbs has showed he's also probably a good player. So I, I just I don't want to pick him there, especially with the people he's going in front of. And he's going right in front of the 109, and he's a player I would take any first for. Yeah, I would take a single first for him. And he's also a player that I feel like people are going to latch on to because, you know, they got him late. I mean, we had J.J. Zacharyson on the podcast for the full tilt. It's our most popular video ever where we asked him who his favorite sleeper was. It was Jaden Reed. And I mean, that's what you wanted. You got a guy who was a third round rookie pick moved up into the second round towards the end of the process. And it's very hard to let those guys go. But the tea leaves to me are telling me that I need to sell this player because again, we're looking at inefficient on his touches. We're looking at a very specific play. He's not a receiver. He's a weapon. You yeah. can't see me, but I'm air quotationing that weapon part because that's usually a bad sign moving forward and an insane touchdown rate. So upside is definitely there, and he is priced as a wide receiver three, but his price is telling me to get out. And like Andy said, I would, I'm probably just taking a first for him right now where, again, if we go and we click on his name, those are the type of deals we're seeing, a 25-1, a 24-3rd, and a 25-1. Uh, Reed in a 25 third for a 24 one and a 26 third. We're seeing a lot of that. Reed for a 24 second. I think I would take Reed uh, over a second, second, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I too. think you're talking about a mid second. I think that's quite where I'm comfortable. We're getting Reed for Carr a fourth and a 25 second. I, I think that's. I, I think that's fine. But I think I'm probably taking Carr there. I, I think if I was buying Jaden Reed, I'd want to buy him for a second and one of those fake value receivers like Jerry Judy, Jahan Dotson. I want to sell yeah. them. I want to add them with a second to get Reed because they have value. They I just think this trade I mean, is crazy. They just stink. So that's how I, I would be trying to acquire. I agree. Reed. The fake value wide receivers, I think, is like you know, like best value and some of these off brand food stores. <laughs> I yep. think fake value wide receivers, I'm going to make an image and it's just like a no-name brand logo. It's going to say fake value and I'm just going to list ingredients and it'll just be names of those wide receivers. Yeah. But I think this trade is insane. I think this trade jumps the shark. We've got Jaden Reed for Drake London and Kendra Miller. I mean, we're jumping the shark there. Like I'm taking Drake London there every time. So... Because Drake London's peripherals still very good, but I think that's going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. So look, we didn't give you the roster cloggers. I'm going to set that up for next week as we look at the next uh, bit of show that we want to do. This one is a little longer. I felt like we owed it to you guys after uh, really messing up last week. I am excited for the all the listener league drafts. Uh, you guys wanted them. We did them. But the amount of DMs I'm getting, we're going to have more. I can't wait for that. I cannot wait to continue working with everyone at Fantasy Points. I can't wait for the Tuesday Fantasy Points to come back with myself, and, and Jacob, and Lucas. Just tons of Dynasty content, and we have even more on the way. I want to get some final thoughts here, Tom Lee. Well, we missed it last week, so let's get a little bit of the Aussie vernacular back amongst people. Uh, this week's word is larrikin. Larrikin, what do we think larrikin means? Let's go to Andy. I think it means a... I'm just going to do it every time. I think it means cigarette. 
Yeah, no, Alarican's not a cigarette. Alarican is like a, a cheeky muck about little bloke who's always up for a bit of a laugh. So, so before, everyone has one of their I didn't group. get to guess. Yeah. Because I, I was excluded from guessing for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And I don't understand there's only why. One, yeah, there's only, one, there's only one guess each time. <laughs> I feel... I feel really offended right now, but I was going to say like a leprechaun. Yeah. We don't, so know, I don't know how since, uh... <laughs> I'm just saying that's, you know, it kind of reminded, it kind of reminded me of that, you know, okay. I'm just saying, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we do all have that friend. We do have that really annoying. Yeah. Cheeky, cheeky. bastard. Yeah. Always got a little quip to say <clears throat> Andy. Yeah. I was going to say, I think I was the larrikin of this episode. Yeah, and in every DM that I get sent from you. Yeah, 100%. Let's get a final thought, Andy. I think this was a really good episode. I think this is our best song. We had a lot of we had a lot of good debates. We had uh yeah, it got me heated a couple of times. But mm. I think it's I think it's I think it's good. I think it was it was a fun one. Yeah, don't, we don't don't ever diss Jalen Warren on this podcast again. He's <laughs> fucking goaded and you should never forget it my final thoughts always the same dynasty is supposed to be fun you are supposed to have fun with this game there's many opportunities that await you you have to be open-minded you have to be willing to change your opinions keep tabs on the fantasy points dynasty content again ryan heath is pumping out phenomenal work retrospectives about the 2023 season that'll really help you make decisions moving forward reminder again scott barrett is joining dynasty points on the 13th not next week's show tuesday we are coming in with how to value players that are sophomores and third years versus rookie picks this year we get a lot of questions about that jacob lucas and i we are going to hit that can't wait for any of that I just want to remind everyone that there are people on the other side of the screens that you are at. Again, this game is supposed to be fun. Let's remember that being a decent human being is super, super important. Unless you're dissing Jalen Warren, and in which case everyone in your league and group chats needs to harass that human being endlessly until they leave the league. I want to remind everyone that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose your best days. They're always spent tilted. Good night, everybody. This was fun.